0: Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode we'll be discussing exchange-traded funds or ETFs. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined today by Lorraine Sergio Garros, Global Head of ETF Development. Welcome Lorraine, and thanks for joining me. Thank you Daniel. Loren, uh, one thing that's been quite striking over the summer is we've seen central bank interest rates hit levels not seen in two decades, both from the European Central Bank and the U.S. Federal Reserve as they battle inflation. Now, the policy tightening measures have significantly changed the outlook for fixed income markets. We've seen, I think, one of the quickest moves up in interest rates over the last two months than we've seen in quite a long time. Now, for many years, equity was the main investment solution for investors to generate returns. But now, 10-year yields above 4% in the U.S., 3% in France. Sovereign bonds are becoming interesting again and certainly have taken their place back in balanced portfolio allocations. So if we look at the implications then, particularly around fixed income exchange-traded funds, What can you tell us about the implications of this move in interest rates?
1: Uh, The ETF industry has seen phenomenal rates of growth during the last 10 years. Asset under management are now approaching 10 trillion US dollars globally, and the pace of inflows into these financial instruments continue to accelerate. Last year alone saw well over one trillion dollars of new assets added to the ETF industry. While this growth was largely seen in US domicile product, we are beginning to see an acceleration of flows into Europe and Asia domicile ETFs. ETFs have, to some extent, often been viewed as more for retail financial products, with individual investors using them as a low-cost way of building portfolio. However, we are starting to see larger and more sophisticated institutions coming into this market as well. The European-listed ETF market is booming. Already this August, inflows were above those for the rule of 2022. Asset data management now exceeds 1.5 trillion euros. Looking at asset classes, the flow are now split 50-50 between equities and fixed income. For the European listed ETF markets alone, we have seen 13 billion euro flows into East ETS on European sovereign bonds, 16 into corporate bonds, and 5.7 billion into aggregate bonds ETF. Coming back to the current environment for fixed income ETFs, there are two factors that drive interest. One is the increase in yield, resulting in the rate rises by central banks. Investors are looking to lock in those higher yields for a longer period using a low cost instrument, such as an ETF. Listeners should know that these central bank measures have boost market volatility. ETFs are typically very diversified, which spreads out the sensitivity to volatility and makes for a smoother performance. The other factor is demand for sustainable investments. Investors are switching from non-sustainable fixed income to sustainable, just as they did for equity. And a large part of this switch is allocated to ESG fixed income ETFs. In 2022, 70% of all ETF flows went to ESG ETF. So far this year, 50 of all ETF flows are going to bond ETFs. That is substantial given that bond ETF accounts for only 25% of total asset under management.
0: That certainly illustrates how much the environment has changed over the last year or so. Let's talk a bit more about ETFs in general. Now, of course, they've been around for quite a while, but not everyone that's listening may be as familiar with some of the features. So if you could, for us, explain and elucidate what the main features of ETFs are and how those are attractive to investors.
1: Sure, let's look at these three features. ETFs are transparent, liquid, and they are cost-effective building blocks for portfolio. First, there is liquidity the cost of buying and selling bonds yourself can be high. An ETF holds a portfolio of bonds that you, as an investor, do not need to analyze, select, or buy. The ETF manager takes care of that. That is efficient. If the index that the ETF replicates is designed to focus on the more liquid bonds, the manager can buy and sell those bonds efficiently, that is quickly and at attractive prices. For an investor, Holding a share in an ETF means they own a liquid asset that can be traded more easily than all the constituents of the index that is being replicated. An ETF can be an efficient way to gain access to the bond market without all the complexity. Second, there is transparency. It is clear which bonds are included in the index, so it is also clear which risks ETF investors are exposed to. As for the ETF securities themselves, investors can track liquidity, performance, and the tracking error in real time. They are available on a daily basis. Third, there is focus. By not having to spend finding and trading bonds, investors can focus on getting the allocation of their portfolio right. Investing in an ETF can also reduce the uncertainty over performance that you have when you invest actively That is, when you select and trade bonds yourself. I should point out that ETF investors can adjust their allocation to ETFs at any point during market hours, rather than being forced to buy or sell position at the end of the trading day. Liquidity, transparency, and focus are all important benefits of investing in ETFs.
0: Let's talk a bit more about fixed income ETFs and how the world has changed and the impact that's had on the industry. It's been 20 plus years between this interest rate peak, hopefully we're, we're at the peak of interest rates, uh, and the previous one. And in that time, the tools available to investors to manage their bond market exposures have expanded hugely. Bond ETFs were first launched in July 2002. We saw the first European launch a year later. Investors can now choose from broad index tracking products, ETFs for government bonds of specific maturities, emerging market debt, floating rate, and inflation-linked bonds. This gives investors a range of building blocks to create an allocation suited to their specific needs. We're now looking at a bond ETF industry that has grown to $2 trillion in assets. Can you go into a bit what's behind this surge in assets? Sure.
1: In recent years, investors have become more comfortable with these instruments. Indeed, there are many advantages. I already mentioned ease of access. Investors can access a diversified portfolio of securities at a noon price with a single trade. These are diversification benefits. For example, the next 12 to 18 months could bring idiosyncratic risk to the fore as economic growth slows. Such diversification benefits of ETF can help to mitigate this potential issue given the breadth of assets they invest in. Flexibility. Investor wants to have more flexible instruments and ETFs meet such requirements. Also, bond ETFs have proven reliable through different economic scenarios. Many view the COVID-induced market turmoil in 2020 as a real test for how this product will function under pressure as liquidity evaporated in many corners of the fixed income markets. But price transparency and price discovery remain intact, and there were no liquidity issues affecting redemptions. We saw a similar scenario play out this year during the U.S. banking crisis. Reliability, flexibility, and diversification can be seen three vital qualities that investors look for as they seek to navigate the challenges ahead.
0: You talk about challenges, and certainly one that's at the top of all our minds is climate change and the transition to a more sustainable, greener, more equal economy. Where do ETFs fit in?
1: Investors are putting much more thought into how to successfully embed higher environmental, social, and governance standards into their fixed income investments. ESG index approaches to sustainable investing offer benefits such as transparency on what the ETF invests in, the risk and the rules that control what is included and what is excluded. There is an ever-growing array of ESG indices. They provide greater choice for investors to target the type of sustainable outcome that aligns best with their objectives. The types of indices available range from those to screening out controversial businesses to those overweighting companies with strong ESG rating or even climate thematic and so-called Paris-aligned benchmarks. We believe we have a strong sustainable investing approach. We select index provider by reviewing their index construction methodology, including sustainability criteria, the ESG characteristic of the index and the strength of the index provider's ESG research. We look for index rule books that are aligned as closely as possible to our responsible business conduct policy, and we monitor and engage with the index provider to adjust the rulebook when we identify large discrepancies. We also use our stewardship team to engage with selected constituents of the ETF index to encourage them to improve their sustainability practices, track their progress, and report back to stakeholders. I admit that bondholders have limited leverage with issuers. However, we believe that given the size of our holding in corporate debt, we can influence investing company through issuer engagements. I see this as a starting point for engagement with all fixed income issuers.
0: If I can highlight some of the key points you made, Lorraine, you started out by highlighting three key features about ETFs. You noted that they are transparent, liquid, and are cost-effective building blocks for portfolios to the key developments that we've seen recently. In 2022, you said that 70% of all ETF flows went to ESG ETFs, and that so far this year, 50% of all ETF flows are going to bond ETFs, which is quite significant given that bond ETFs account for only 25% of total assets under management. And then finally, around ESG, You pointed out that there is an ever-growing array of ESG indices that ETFs contract and that they therefore provide greater choice for investors to target the exact type of sustainable outcome that best aligns with their objectives. Well, Lorraine, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Daniel, for having me.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. Just before we go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash BNPPAM playlist and tap or click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Lorraine Sergeol garros Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management.